It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And here we are. It is Car Con Carne. It is Quarantine Con Carne for the foreseeable future. I'm James Van Ostel. Welcome back to the Working Week. Car Con Carne, sponsored by our friends at Happy to Meet You. They're Chicago's online butcher shop. They're serving the same steaks, chops, cuts of meat that you get at all the local high-end steakhouses and places. And they do it all next day if you're local, like within 60 miles of the city. The quality, it's as good as you get. They guarantee you'll be satisfied much like my guest who we'll talk to soon. Uh, you can try them out with my help. Use the promo code CARNE, C-A-R-N-E, like Carcone, CARNE. You'll get free local delivery and a pound of their Mother Chucker burgers, which are these gigantic, delicious burger patties. You get that for free with the local delivery with my promo code this week only. And if you really want to stock up, because let's face it, now's the time to do it. We're all at home. Uh, if you spend over $150, you'll get the ThermoWorks Superfast Pocket Meat Thermometer for free. So we're talking about a free thermometer, pound of mother chucker, free delivery. Use the code temp for the thermometer. Happy to meet you.com is happy to M-E-A-T letter U, happy to meet you.com. Again, use the promo code Carne and do it this week or forever hold your meat. My guest today, he is a returning guest, the returning champion on this show. He is, well, you probably know him as the co-host of Nick and Doug Sound Explosion, a pure podcast for now people. But he also used to he also used to run a hot dog stand in Chicago that drummed up some business. He is Hot Doug. Hello, Hot Doug. You know, it's so funny. I in my head, it, I talked to you very recently, but I was going through my records. You last appeared on this podcast when I was at episode one hundred eight. This is episode four hundred ninety five. I guess it's been a couple years since I talked to you. Is, is it really wait since the movie episodes? Yeah. Since Hot Dogs the movie. I stole the restaurant. Has it been that long? Yes. We're, so is this my fourth time, fifth time, fourth time? Fourth time, I think. Fourth time. Okay. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Well, I, I always love talking to you. And I, you know, I, I try to find excuses to get back in conversation. I, you know, at this point, you could just call anytime, by the way. I'm pretty sure I'm free from now until vaccine. So, I, you know, call me anytime. I, I, I would say, do you have anything going on right now? Or are you just... My God. Nope. I got nothing. Uh, my bartending skills have gotten significantly better and my house is almost empty of everything. Uh, are you, were you hoarding? Were you, were you getting rid of no, stuff? No, but I figured, well, so the, the quick story is my dad was like, like TV worthy hoarder. And every time I'd go to his house, I'd come home and just throw something away just to sort of get that off. You know, I mean? so I, you know, you because it's my dad, you get a little tendency. Oh, I'll hold on to these things, hold on to these things. And since this, like all paper gone, I figured I don't need my tax returns from 1988 anymore. Uh, I think seven years, right? After seven years, you can get you can get rid of that stuff. And at this point, I think you can get rid of everything since it's all online. Yeah, Anyways, fair. I pretty much uh, uh, discovered that. So yeah, uh, you know, house is painted as everyone's house is painted and redone. Uh, and that's about other than that. No, I got nothing. So your dad was a hoarder. Are you not a collector? See, I, I, I tend to, I'm not a hoarder, but I, I'm a collector. I like amassing stuff. I like hunting and finding stuff. And well, th there you go. I like sure. 
the no. act of collecting? Not you? No, I don't. Uh, I think the only thing I actually have that I'll probably end up getting rid of, um, my Madonna calendars going back to like 1985. Now, Anywhere from the- one to four different ones per year at the height of her career. And that was, I just kept, kept throwing them in a bin. Wait, and, wait you're not uh, making that up. No, I'm not making that up. So if those ever like really take off in value, I'm sitting pretty, baby. One of the one of the great things about I mean, you know, glass half full. One of the positives of life in a pandemic is we're all communicating over things like Zoom, if not just Zoom, and we get to peek into people's personal lives. We get to see where they yeah. live. Uh, over your left shoulder is the original hot dogs menu from the it wall. It is the uh, it's the one. It's the Dave Kingman. On the, I can tip this up. We have the Dave. It's the autographed ones. So Dave Kingman, Anna Kendrick, and then my nephews, Charlie and James. That's amazing. And Anna Kendrick actually tried her sausage, right? Yes. And kind of dined and ditched. No. I probably wouldn't have charged her, but technically she dined and ditched. So well, yeah. you, you famously, if you ever see her, tell her she owes me three bucks. You famously didn't really give anyone any special treatment. Like everyone had to wait in line to get in your place. To get uh, just about, yes. My dad used to, uh, wow, this is the second mention of him. Uh, he used to tell people, oh, he makes me wait in line. And then he'd get to the front. And I would tell the people around him, no, he doesn't. I don't make him wait in line. He chooses to wait in line so that he can tell you he's my dad. And he did fess up that that's actually the case. Did Steve Albini have to wait in line? Oh, yeah. Uh, they used to fax in their orders. That's right. I, I yeah. remember I read this. I read this in Hot Dogs, the book. That's right. Because they faxed in orders. What, what band was it that you uh, you couldn't believe? Oh, it was Iggy Pop. Iggy and the Iggy Stooges Pop. were recording there. And it was the only time I ever asked. It was like, okay, are any of these for Iggy? And, and the intern was like, oh, yeah. And I told him, it's like, you don't have to tell me. I don't. This, I know this isn't like client you know, or lawyer client privilege, but you're under no obligation to tell me. But he was like, oh, yeah, this one and this one. So I still have that order. Speaking of that, I went through, there were probably like eight bins of hot dog stuff, every magazine article, newspapers, all these things. Uh, as part of the, during the pandemic cleanup, I got it all down to a three ring binder. That's impressive. But I did keep that fax. So that I still have, but everything else, like, you know, there's a mention in Golf Digest. I read it. I was like, oh, that's funny. Recycle bin. So no, you're not a sentimental guy at all. Not at all. No stuff. No. Not at all. Happy to uh, happy to unload most everything. Let's talk about Iggy Pop for a second, because easily sure. one of the best shows I ever saw was Iggy Pop solo. Are you a huge fan? I'm a I'm not a huge fan. Pretty big fan though. I saw him saw the Ramones open for Iggy at the Aragon nineteen something something eighty something ninety maybe in the nineties. I, I will I will say the Ramones one of the loudest bands I think I ever saw. Live. And yeah, one of my favorite bands, without yeah. a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like top three. Them and Motorhead, those were bands who, when you saw them live, you could feel the bass. The, the sound The sound was a physical presence in the room. Precisely. And because I'm somewhat short, I would, t- so I could see, I would kind of go to the side of the stage. Well, that's right in front of the monitors. <laughs> yes. So now it's, it's all pops and clicks, baby. For you youngsters out there, don't do that if you want to hear, you know, when you, when you get on and you. One of the reasons I thought to reach out to you, besides missing you, I was reminded of you. Uh, I went, I was on my way to uh, Bridgeview. Peg Boy was doing a drive-in show. It was like their 30th anniversary show sure, sure. out at the Chicago drive-in there. And 
I was taking side streets all the way there and I took Cicero. I'm like, I haven't been to Roma's for a while. Went to Roma's. It's 4237 Cicero. Uh, they have a sandwich on the menu. It's the atomic combo, which That's features right. hot dogs, atomic sausage and their Italian beef. It's basically a beef sausage combo, but it's made yeah. with your sausage. Yeah. And dude, it was fucking delightful. Thank you. It's really good when, when, uh, and it was like, we had a mutual friend with Freddie at Roma's and he's like, Hey, can we do this? I was like, sure. You know, at that time. And I was like, well, let me taste, let me taste the Italian beef first. And, uh, yeah, they do a nice job and, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled that it's, uh, and they put the little logo up outside. And I guess that that makes me wonder how come we don't see more of your sausage post restaurant? How come it's not in more places? It is. Well, well, there is a re well, a couple places. Peace pizza has it both on their pizza and at bro bagel, the uh, atomic sandwiches back breakfast sandwiches back. Um, there's a retail line available at Paulina market. Uh, you're you're in Skokie too. Yeah, but Schaefer's in Skokie mm-hmm. at uh, Toto Market down in the Loop and uh, Dill Pickle Co-op now. And we're slowly trying to expand the line. Polina expanded and we're slowly trying to expand the line. So does that keep you busy or is this no. kind of like a hobby for you at this point? Not at all. It doesn't keep me busy in the slightest. <laughs> I suppose it would be more if, you know, it was a little less COVID-y out there. Uh, but no, that's that part's not keeping me that busy. COVID aside, do you, do you miss anything about running your own place? About having the restaurant? I, other, I miss the paycheck. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no, I miss, I miss people. I miss just, and which is also, you know, COVID as well. The one, one of the, the things I miss is just the ease of seeing people. Sure. Um, but I'm, yeah, I miss the relationships, not only with customers, but uh, purveyors and staff as well. And, and, and uh, you know, that constant flow of people I knew coming in all the time. I miss that. The actual running of a business and running of a restaurant, even not, COVID notwithstanding, uh, I don't miss it for a second. I really don't. It is just, it was awesome. I loved it. And I don't regret a thing about closing it. Well, Hot Dogs had a total rock and roll trajectory. I mean, you burnt out before you faded away. That, I mean, was, many- that was the goal. Yes. <laughs> how, how many restaurants get to leave on their own terms? I mean, that's. Yeah, no, no. There was the exception. No doubt about it. Leave, leave them wanting more. Yep. That's showbiz right there. What's the, uh, the, I was the baseball uh, trade, uh, you know, axiom that a better a year too early than a year too late. Exactly. Yep. So uh, Wrigley Field, is that still going or is that? Nope. I mean, it's still there, but uh, nope, that this year, uh, nothing there. And my hunch is it maybe next season, but, you know, just doing like the math and the science, if they're going to open it up to anything less than 30% capacity, I don't see how, why they would open the bleachers. Yeah. And I don't think that it would be worth it for them to like revamp anything as far as putting the stand in, you know, another part of the ballpark. I'm not planning on it. Fair enough. So I mentioned that there is a hot dogs, the book. There's also a hot dogs, the movie, the documentary. It's interesting. We're we're almost at a point in time where there's an entire generation that will not, will come up not knowing of hot dogs restaurant. Pretty. I mean, it's been a little over six years since it's closed. Yeah. And now every so often I'll be with someone. It's like, Hey, do you know, it's hot dogs. And they're like, eh, 
Maybe you can go there. It's like, yep. <laughs> Finally, it's the uh, whatever happened to, and that guy's still alive. You know, I'm waiting for that uh, that kind of stuff, which is, you know, it's I, I, I'm very much at peace with. Now you know what it's like to be a radio personality. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that. I haven't heard Larry Lujak in a while. <laughs> well, there, there are a lot of reasons for that. One really, really big one. But with uh, Hot Dogs the Movie and Hot Dogs the Book. Yes. Stage? Like a stage uh, ooh, like, a one, oh, like a one-man show? I didn't think yeah. that. Or maybe like something big and grandiose, like an Andrew Lloyd Webber thing. Just uh, just me on roller skates talking about the... Uh, the... Something glittery. Something yeah. fanciful and whimsical. Oh, I have no problem with that. I know, I know you don't involved. I'm in. Uh, uh, I, I'm not. I wouldn't hold your breath. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today, we're in this weird time and this tough time. And I, I don't want to change from the glittery fun dug on roller skates to something kind of gloomy, but it's a dark universe out there for the service industry. It's It's a tough time for restaurants. Things are shutting back down again. What do you what advice or thoughts can you give as a successful restaurateur, an independent restaurant owner to the owners who are kind of struggling to go week by week right now? It is. I did realize, you know, I've, I've realized over the last few months how many of my friends are either in the restaurant business or in the music or art uh, business. I was like, oh, man. Yes, I got it. And next time it's just going to be bankers and like insurance salesmen. Um you know, I, I've, of course, have been asked, like, you know, how I would have handled this if the restaurant was still open. And I honestly don't know. The friends, you know, who I know or whose restaurants are still open, what they have to do, the protocol they have to go through, the energy, the effort to make sure that their staff is safe, that the customers are safe, that they can somehow sell enough food to, to keep the place open. It's brutal. Yeah. It is brutal. There's a, I, I just keep thinking, look, I think it's, I think it's necessary to shut them down. I really do. This indoor dining, we got you, we have to get this thing under control. Having said that, but there has to be a plan to help these restaurants out. It's so many people. It's, you know, it employs so many people who are not, can't work from home, obviously. And these restaurants, I mean, truly like the cornerstones of, of neighborhoods, they give so many cities their identity. Uh, and to sort of just kind of cut them off of the knees without any help, I think is unconscionable. You know, if there was the possibility of like so many restaurants, like, look, we're going to shut down till there's a vaccine or till we can get outside you know, dining again. I think that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. As I see or saw all these solutions that venues, bars, restaurants were using through the summer and even the fall, the tents outside yeah. and private concerts for the music industry, I realized, okay, these are great solutions, but they're temporary because we live in yeah. Chicago and sooner right. than later, the weather turns to shit and oh my God, what then? And right. Time, and it, even if it's like 50 degrees, but if the, if it's 50 mile an hour winds, like it was the other day, it's like, you can't have outdoor seating. And even for like a music venue, just to open it up at 20% capacity or 25%, you still have to staff it. 
with like almost the full staff. I mean, there's just the, the, and for, you know, I know full well, the margins for a restaurant, you have to be at a hundred percent capacity to make a living and to pay staff. I mean, they're brutally expensive ventures to run. And I mean, pick a business and say, by the way, we're cutting your revenue by 70%. It's like, well, what do you, you know, your rent doesn't go down by 70%. The electricity doesn't go down. You still need X amount of staff. You know, it's just, it's, it's painful what, you know, my, my friends are going through. Right. And it's not like small independent restaurants are sitting on some gigantic nest egg and they think, oh, we'll just ride this out. We'll be okay. Even I'm, but even the big restaurant groups as well. I mean, they're, they're not, I mean, those are month-to-month operations in so many ways and they're so big and so much staff involved and so much you know purveyors and and uh, uh you know the linen companies and the garbage clean like all this stuff there's it generates so many jobs that it, you know there's... when you take that kind of hit it's like even though those big ways they can't survive for very long is there a sense of community I, I, I never got a sense with the restaurant business if it was more of an every man or person for themselves or if it was more of a community, let's oh, all chip in and help each other. Huge community. And it is one of that I miss is this incredible, you know, if someone was in need, just, you know, pick up the phone. It's like, what do you need? And I found that like across the board, of course, we were all in competition with each other, but incredibly, I found it to be just this, this really wonderful uh, uh, community of the most generous, hardworking group of people on the planet, hands down. I mean, we would get inundated with requests. Can you do this? You know, can you drop off food? Can you donate this? Every restaurant says yes. You know, and you just don't see that in any other business. And especially businesses that are not, no, anybody going into this business thinking, I'm going to make a million dollars. Yeah, you're out of your mind. You know, it was, it's, it's, it's not that. It takes a special, well, a special like you know neuron or two missing to do it. But also, just this, there's an incredible compassion amongst uh, the restaurant people. I remember when the first shutdown started, end of March, early April. I thought I want to help as many people as I can, and then I quickly got overwhelmed. I, I would see every. GoFundMe, every fundraiser for every bar, restaurant, club I've ever been to, everyone needed help. And it, it took my breath away. And it still kind of right. gives me pause as I say it now. It, it, it was just so awful to consider everyone is hurting. And as we're heading into winter, I guess my question to you, coming from the consumer side, what's the best way that we can help? You know, I would say, I mean, it's it's, it's funny because it, it's it's been really tough for me because obviously you know, my venture is, my income has gone way down. And, you know, I, fortunately, I know my way around the kitchen a little bit. Restaurant, you know, no proof of that. But, uh, you know, and so it's really hard to, you know, I order out when I can, but for the most part, like I'm cooking at home. It's, it's you know, there's economics on my end as well. It is just to, I would say, just to order out as much as you can and tip well, just tip round up well past, you know, the, 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 the 15%, just keep going, whatever you can, you know, whatever you can spare and to try to, 
you know, the places that you would frequent anyways, and just, you know, everybody needs the help. So you mentioned that you're in your own kitchen a lot. Are you, are you coming up with stuff? Are you being inventive? Are you innovating as you're at home? Um, I don't know about innovating so much as just having this opportunity to be in the kitchen has actually been great and incredibly enjoyable. Um, and just to sort of now I'm forced to, if I'm going to be cooking something different, like every night, it's like, all right, we got to expand the repertoire a little bit here and start playing around with, with, you know, different proteins and, and, you know, and, and seasonal things. And it's been, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, do you make sausage at home or are you just kind of done with that? No, that's, that's, you buy sausage. I had a great cooking school teacher who anytime he would ask like, how do you make vinegar? He's like, what are you camping? You buy vinegar. Like, you know, so oh, all I said about sausage is like, no, that you can just, just go buy it. It's fine. Hey, you're not supposed to take your work home with you, but here I am on a microphone. It, these things happen. It's on a right. voice. Yeah. By the way, I'm a little upset you didn't mention, yes, the hot dog signs, but that is a Taylor Swift calendar right behind you, too. I couldn't really tell who that was. I mean, from yeah, here, it could be. Yeah. All right. Exactly. I, you're a fascinating dude, hot dog. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I would not have expected the Taylor Swift calendar. No, I'm a Swifty. Uh, Absolutely. No matter what Taylor Swift has done, will do nothing can touch the hot dogs theme song. I want to eat at hot dogs. I want to eat at hot dogs. I want to eat a hot dog. I appreciate the feel. I want the taste. I want the meats that are encased. The aforementioned Nick of Nick and Doug Sound Explosion is the uh, is the creator, composer, musician on that uh, that fine disc. Wildly creative guy. Yeah, also one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Absolutely. Uh, oh, there is. Well, there's all sorts of stuff. So right here is the right there is the CD of Theme from Hot Dogs, autographed by James Kahn. No. Yeah. It's a long story, but yes. <laughs> James Conn didn't see that coming. No, didn't, no, not at all. It has nothing to do with the record, but it's a, it, but yes, but autograph by James Conn. So the, the podcast you're doing now with Nick, yeah. this is a newer podcast. Yeah, although we're, we're not 495 episodes in, we're getting closer. Uh, I think we're at 26. Yeah. So we were on one called the untitled hour that we did for a while. And then we just between all sorts of things, we just kind of faded away and, and, we both realized we just missed talking to each other. Yeah. So it's like, well, let's start another one. And we've actually, we were okay with it, like trying to do it every few months. And then it was like eight months. We hadn't done it since like COVID and doing it this way via zoom. It's like every couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I found we were talking before we started recording. I, I started doing this podcast nightly just to keep it alive, just so that yeah. I didn't torpedo six and a half years of momentum. Uh, sure. But also the, the other side effect is, or the happy benefit is one, it keeps me busy, but two, I, I get to have conversations with people. Exactly. And like I said before, the, the two things I miss COVID wise and also with the restaurant talking to people, the ease of getting together, having meeting someone for coffee, lunch, whatever, uh, and travel as well. I miss that. But so this, I will say, you know, the, the, the zoom and the, you know, all the other, just even the phone calls, that part's been, I've been really conscientious about 
keeping on top of that and just checking in with people and making sure just having just that little bit of connection is really nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Hot Doug, you know, I think you're a mensch. Oh, I love it when you speak Japanese. <laughs> it's, it's French. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's quite the faux pas. 